it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Rise up! Rise up! Rise This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. This is episode 205, and guess what? We get to talk about a Cardinals win, even if it wasn't the most confidence-building uh, win of all. It is a win nonetheless. The Cardinals get a, a win over the San Francisco 49ers on the road, 28-18. to 18. And this is episode 205. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, USA Today's NFL Wire site for the Arizona Cardinals with my co-host, as always, Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's NFL site for the Arizona Cardinals as well. Seth, hey, it's a win, but do you feel better? Uh, you feel better because a win is always makes you feel better. It, from that standpoint, you you feel good. Like it's it's positive. It's good. Um, then there's the other part, which is just it's still a very frustrating product. It's let's be honest from from our perspective, it's not the most enjoyable product to cover. Um, <laughs> And so when you look at it from those perspectives, you know, it kind of, it kind of stinks, but in the end, who cares? They won. Um, it it and, does make and, things feel better. And it does take that press that getting that first win just takes the pressure off so many things. Uh, and we're going to talk about the, the different facets of the win. Actually, we're going to spitball a little bit. Something I forgot to talk about, talk about with Seth before the show, there have been some really st- what I call Stupid rumors going around. So before we get started talking about the win, we're going to talk about the good, the bad. Uh, is the defense good or not? Is there any hope for the offense? And we're going to look ahead to 
We're going to look ahead to the game this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. We're recording on a Wednesday night, so the, the show is is dropping a little bit later than normal. So it'll be a Thursday morning instead of a Wednesday evening um, is when that will happen. But uh, we've got it. We've got to talk about a couple of these rumors that were that came out over the weekend. The first of be, the first of being which was an opinion. It was. I got to talk about this first. It's about David Johnson and the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles bet drastically need a running back at this t- point because JJ is done for the year. It seems like they are connected to literally every single running back in the NFL. And this was a guy some some uh, from NBC Sports Philly, and he 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 talked about how there's these rumors about the the Eagles inquiring about Le'Veon Bell, and then he goes. And don't be surprised if they inquire about David Johnson. And that, at least here locally, lit a wildfire about would the Cardinals trade David Johnson. And I didn't I, I didn't write about it for an entire day. And then what all I wrote is it won't and it can't happen. Even if the Cardinals wanted to trade David Johnson, even if it was a possibility, it can't happen. One just if you take the context of that initial tweet by this this guy out in in, in Wisconsin's finest who who works for NBC Sports Philly it wasn't even a real rumor it was speculation of what he wouldn't be surprised if happens based on other rumors that he was not confirming it was just hey there's rumors that the eagles are connected to this running back Le'Veon Bell hey don't be surprised to talk about David Johnson never mind you know, now the stories are coming out that they might have interest in Jordan Howard, that they might have interest in Sean McCoy. And heck, why not? Right, everyone should write a story. They should probably have interest in Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. That doesn't mean those things are going to happen. Well, what was your reaction when you when you heard the, at least the David Johnson story and then to see it catch fire here, at least locally? We didn't even really write about it quite yet. And then we're, we are tomorrow, so... It's one of those situations where I think it's just, you know, it's it's a fan. It's or I shouldn't even say a fan because I guess it's technically not a fan, but it's it's a group of or, that covers a good team. That's let's be honest, like there's there's always this thing with good teams and and large fan bases or, you know, big, big kind of city or, or however you want to say it, um, teams, and then teams that are not so good. And what typically happens is, you know, you start to, you start to create rumors that aren't really rumors or they're, um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where you just kind of, you, you just kind of laugh about it. Cause like you said, it's so outrageous that it doesn't make sense from the pure fact of they just finally signed him finally. And sure. They, something we'll talk about later. They're not, I wouldn't say they're using him. Well, sure that, you know, he's, probably unhappy with how this season's unfolding but it's just a bump in the road and it would make no sense unless you're talking about like a, a package 
in the unless you're talking about a package of picks that is just so absurd that you would be, you know, kind of like that Herschel Walker type trade where you can't really afford not to make the trade. And that's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Like nobody's going to give up three or four. Like even if David Johnson was producing at David Johnson level and the Cardinals were still one in one in four, nobody's giving up three or four first round picks. That's just, it, it's not going to happen. It's not a plausible thing in this this point in the NFL for a running back to get traded for multiple first round picks. And for the Cardinals to make a move like that, unless you're talking about a player for player trade where they're going to, they would get a young dynamic offensive lineman that like is cost controlled for the next three or four years. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense from the Cardinals perspective. Well, here and here's the thing. You simply can't do it. I mean, financially it doesn't work because he has that brand new deal. Right. And you're you, going you, to, you can't, hear, you it's can't not, even do it because to trade him in year one would cause a negative cap hit of night. It's a negative cap hit of $19 million because of all the guarantees with the signing right. bonus. That's what I was going to say. It's not nine million dollars. Like- so the only way it works is if you package in Dayon Buchanan and somebody else at the same time. Which, I mean, you just can't do it. So it's basically well, the, uh, anyone with any knowledge of the NFL or the salary cap, any knowledge at all, would understand this. Stuff. Now, granted, this sort of thing causes causes a a panic among Cardinals fans. Like, are the are the Cardinals are they going on a fire? No, they're not going on a fire sale because the NFL doesn't make trades like that. The trades that happen happen in the off season. They happen for the draft. You don't see fire sales. You see rarely players unloaded because the salary cap just makes it really difficult to do. And if you and if you can sign a guy with those guarantees, I mean, what the why they just. Just the numbers. They have $9.3 million in salary cap space. To release or trade David Johnson would cause a negative cap charge. of dead. It would cause dead money of $24 million, five of which is already on the books for this year. So it's, it would just, it would, it would completely, they can't, like, literally, they cannot do it without, you know, packaging in, like, three other players and then signing people for the minimum after that. So th- that's the end of that rumor. Now, interest, more interesting is um, the possibility. I, I still don't – Jason Lockenfora, um, not – I respect him with his work, but I don't love him as an NFL reporter. He came out with this report about how the Cardinals are unhappy with the production of Hassan Reddick. And then, well, then naturally, of course, Hassan Reddick, instead of being on the bench, he starts and produces on Sunday. But that they're kind of not happy with what they got in Dale Buchanan and Hassan Reddick and connecting two and two. Uh, teams are starting to acquire about him. There's not actually been any trade talks with the possibility that one or either could be traded because they don't necessarily fit. Um, this is for me, it's another case of Dylan Buchanan isn't going to net you anything if you trade him, just to be honest, um, because he's in the last year of his deal. And because losing him in free agency 
would then in 2020 give you a better haul than a better draft pick in 2020 than what you would be able to net for him in 2019, considering he hasn't been good this year and really hasn't been great since 2015. But the problem with that is, and, and I get where people are coming from with that, but the problem is that there's a real possibility that they won't get any comp, comp, compensatory picks in 2020 unless it's like a seventh because they're going to have so many free agents they're going to sign. Um, you know, they have, what, $92 million or whatever. That's true. That's true. And, and it's not really – I mean, that's fake money like we've talked about before, but – there's 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 no way that they're going to have that much money so you have to assume that they're going to sign free agents to kind of fill those places and i just so so i i agree with that if you knew if this was a Calais Campbell situation but it's not instead it's it's a situation where one, you kind of hit it on the head. This guy's not performing. He's probably going to have to go on a one-year deal somewhere at this point. I mean, this is closer to Kevin Minter than it is, you know, Calais Campbell at this point. So unless he just turns it on in the in the last 11 games of the season, I would – I mean, if you can get something for him, I would just trade him because there's a really, really good chance – that you're not going to get anything in, in return for Dayon Buchanan at this point. Um, and, but here's the other thing. And we, we wrote an article about this. So this will come out Thursday. Um, so when this drops Thursday or Friday, you know, you'll have already had a chance to read it, but the reality of what his market is, is going to, I mean, they may get, like a backup offensive lineman and a fifth round pick type <laughs> stuff. Well, like, and that's the thing. How many places does he even fit? He doesn't I, fit as a traditional linebacker, at least yet. We we haven't seen that yet. He struggled with it. The um, only one, the only the, one that makes sense. And the Giants, because well, he got Bowles and he got Betcher. And and I think and I think the Steelers make sense too. Yeah, that that would make sense as well. But again, but he'd have to learn a new system, and he's not. He's at the end of his contract. He hasn't been great. I mean, he was he was very good at the end of last season when he was finally healthy. But now, he's probably like. Let's be honest. He's probably more valuable to the Cardinals still as a depth guy in case somebody gets injured. Yeah. Well, that and the fact that you know, be, he still doesn't know everything which means you, you you have to assume because of what the production we've seen before that his production will be better if he gets another chance later in the season. Now, Reddick, I, that's darn right almost absurd because he, the situation with him, especially as we saw, oh, he got to play. He has some, there, there's still some problems with where he is as a player, especially in this, in this traditional linebacker, position that he's playing but he has the size he has the athleticism and they can use him in other ways that make him productive i mean just give him a start he's got eight tackles he's got the sack um he makes some nice plays i mean he's still uh, not instinctive enough and so he's making plays down the field as opposed to around the line of scrimmage but you're seeing improvement and it would i mean 
it'd be foolish to trade him at this point. Well, it would be foolish to trade him for two reasons. Um, you know, and, and I, I heard uh, Burns and Gambo talking about this on Wednesday on my drive home, and I kind of chuckled because I guess a couple or a week ago after the the uh, the loss to the Seahawks, you know, we had an article that wrote, you know, if, if the Cardinals make the move from, from Wilkes after one year, here are some potential candidates, and they, they kind of chuckled and, and, and laughed at that idea and then today they brought up a point that you know has been something that i've kind of said a couple of times and it's you don't necessarily want to be making moves in the idea of this coaching staff because even though it's unlikely there's still a chance that they're a one-and-done coaching staff i mean so do you really want to I mean, Buchanan's a different subject because, like you said, he's a free agent at the end of the year. There's, it's very unlikely he's coming back this this after this season, especially especially if Steve Wilkes is retained. Um, but if you trade Hassan Reddick and then whether it's this year or next year, move on from Steve Wilkes if things don't turn around, <laughs> that's that's like a huge. Like that's that's two huge losses in one because if Reddick goes somewhere else and learns to play, and you gave up on him because a coach that you like you know that only made it one or two seasons didn't think he could play, oh man, that's going to be a bad situation. And and it was funny on this on, uh, on the article I wrote the other day about this kind of rumor, um, there was a list of like players that had failed and I use that word you know loosely um, with the Arizona Cardinals that went on to be pro Bowl players not even all pro but like pro Bowl players with other teams and so that, that wouldn't that just have that feeling that like you you trade Reddick for let's just even say like a, a third round pick which it would be let's be honest a good return at this point on what he's produced in the NFL and and then he goes and he's you know a pro bowl level linebacker or outside backer or defensive end or whatever he does with this new team and and you're still searching for you know somebody to fill that spot and it just it just feels like it feels like a a move the Cardinals would make in the early 2000s and not uh the a Cardinals team under Steve Kimes and with that, that's enough about trade rumors. When we come back on the next segment of the Best Hour of Cardinals Talk of the Rise of Rise Up Sea Red podcast, we'll talk about the good and the bad and the win. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. And before we go back to the show, I want to make sure, hey, it's it's that time to remind you guys of our deal with Harrys.com. Our friends over at Harrys.com. I, I, I shaved again today, uh, busted out a new blade, uh, got a great close shave, and... And it is my last cartridge, So, but has, I already know the new cartridges are on their way. They'll be here next week. Um, great quality blades, great close shave, um, anything, everything that you'd want in a razor at a great price. High quality. Um, they sell them to the director over the internet, so you can be, it's lower than the, than the leading brands. Only two bucks a blade compared to $4 or more. And, and if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, they'll give you a full refund. 
And we've got a trial offer for our listeners that you can go to harrys.com slash C-Red to claim it. It's a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for that close, comfortable shave. Get the handle. Get the five-blade razor with the lubricating strip. You get the shave gel. The shave gel feels great. It smells great. It's great with your skin and a travel blade color. Now, listen to the show. can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash C-Red. So make sure you go. Go to harrys.com slash C-Red to redeem, redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best our Cardinals talk on the web. And let's get back to the, the stuff that that makes for some actually some fun. The Cardinals won. The Cardinals won. Then not only that, they got off to a quick lead, which they did. They got off to a lead like they did against the Bears. They got a lead against Seattle. They got out of lead against the 49ers. Only this time they held on. They held on and they get the win. It wasn't pretty, but there were there were things to like things to not like but let's start and talk about the good what was there to like in the win the like obviously is that they won there's nothing more important than wins in the nfl um you know in the end winning kind of cures a lot of things but it's interesting how little it cured in terms of the fan base of the arizona cardinals i mean i i've never seen a team kind of or a fan base less impressed by a win. I'll say this. I was impressed. Obviously I think Chandler Jones stood out incredibly well. Um, I think we continue to see that Patrick Peterson is having what I would guess is probably his best year as a pro. Um, 
and and again, I go back to what's been the most impressive thing for for me on Patrick Peterson is that he is playing with the physicality that we haven't seen in probably three or four years. Um, defensively, those were the two like big things that stood out to me is just that your and and Ben A. Ben were here. I'd be remiss if I didn't you know point him out because he's played extremely well since he took over the starting role for Jamar Taylor. He's been one of the better corners in the NFL, actually. So, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, I thought those three guys really stood out on the defensive side in in the good category. Um, and I, I think there's one more, but I'll let you handle that one. Well, and for me, the, the good that stood out was the aggressiveness early on. Now, um, it was interesting as I go back to, to what Steve Wilkes said on Friday, which was how he, he wanted the offense to come out, come out out the gate ready to score a touchdown. Little did we know that he was he was foreshadowing what would be a scoring play on their first play. They took a shot down the field, and it was really everything that you could want. It was an aggressive play call with good protection off play action. Christian Kirk showing that he is he can play outside receiver. Josh Rosen putting a good throw, and they score a touchdown in one in one play, and which was it was critical because they had just defensively allowed the 49ers to you know to 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 nickel and dine their way down the field to a touchdown to start the game and then you felt like oh crap are they going to struggle against this team they come out and they they put points on the board immediately and you felt like oh is this are we going to see a different offense we didn't end up seeing a different offense but that aggressiveness was there early and then obviously the other the other big positive was finally we saw the takeaways the preseason was all about the take they had set what it was 17 takeaways in the four preseason games they only had four total in the first four games and then come away with five five against the 49ers and the the best part of that is is there is a little bit of coaching going on with amid all of the the questions of the roughing the passer penalty what the cardinals coaches are telling our defensive players is to tackle the ball so don't go for the quarterback's body go for the arm and you saw that twice chandler jones bats the ball out uh hassan reddick i mean he he doesn't hit the quarterback at all he just knocks the ball out and which leads to Josh Bynes in that score. There, there was just so much in the individuals. You talked about Pat, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, um, and then you went to Ben Big Wickery. You also got to see Hassan Reddick um, pushed into the lineup and play every snap and be productive. In, in addition to Josh Bynes, just continuing to be extremely productive. He is, I mean, he, no one's going to mistake him for an all-pro player, but he is proven to be thus far this year a very capable starter in this league. Um, kind of across the board, he he's making calls, he's helping with the run, he's covering. He didn't have a great game in coverage, um, 
so there's that's also, the, I mean, that's also not his strong suit. Right, right. But just that there's just lots of things to like. And most importantly, here, here's the thing that, that I loved. They faced adversity. The defense, because the offense was atrocious after the uh, the defense made the plays when they need to. And I did have a I did have a bit of a prescient moment on Twitter, and it was the point of the game. The Cardinals, uh, it it looked like the Cardinals were about to lose it. They were you, they had given up a touchdown. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful thing on Twitter. <laughs> like I wasn't. It was just a thing. A thing where I, it's, it needed to happen. The the 49ers go down, score the touchdown, had a chance to tie the game. They didn't because the Channel Jones bats down the the two point conversion. So it's 14-12. The Cardinals go three and out, giving the ball right back to the 49ers. And I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna the the defense has to make. And this is the defense that was tired. It was on the field forever. Is that the defense has to make a play, come up with a turnover somehow. I'm probably gonna have to put points on the board. What within a minute later, they score that touchdown, and it was exactly the sort of thing that you want to see where the defense had to make a play. It did, and it put the game away. Even though they still gave up another touchdown, it came late, and then after the Cardinals had added another touchdown after that, so that defensive play fed the offense a little bit, and and it put things away. So that was a big that they were making plays when they needed to make plays. What we haven't seen. What we haven't seen in the past three weeks is that they get the lead and then they can't make plays after that. And it just would, the, the lead disappears. They had a lead, they face adversity. And then they like, like we've seen in the good Cardinals teams of the past, after they face adversity, they make big plays to put the game away. And they did that. Well, and, and the lead, like you said, the lead was going to disappear. There was no chance that their offense was going to score another touchdown if they had to drive the length of the field, um, it was just so bad. And so, like you said, you, you had to find something from your defense and, and you got it from Hassan Reddick. And, and again, it goes back to what I said, like, is he playing well? I, I don't think so. In the sense of, you know, being a guy that, you know, that's going to have, you know, huge PFF grades or be a guy that is, you know, is really showing out in terms of maybe being a, uh, you know, kind of Pro Bowl type player. However, he produces when he is in the lineup. And that is something we have been needing to see from him. And it's something that we've now seen from him consistently again as a at a consistency point of view it's it's not there yet but that's not that's not shocking like this is what his fourth position in two years um the third position he's playing in the nfl it's just it's not a shock that it's a struggle right now so instead take the positives away from it he's not going to be a guy that you know he, he's not even as good in a consistent manner as Josh Bynes at this point, but he makes plays that Josh Bynes could never make. And that's what, that's what Hassan Reddick gives you. And when you look at this defense, there were a lot of things that you could look at from a negative perspective. And I think the biggest thing that came of this game was that this defense is opportunistic when they have the opportunity to be. Um, and, and what I mean by that is when they have a team that they're playing against that, 
I mean, you look at the Seattle game. Seattle didn't really give them a chance to turn the ball over. Seattle ran a very conservative game plan. When you look at the Bears game, uh, Chicago ran a very conservative game plan. Even going back to game one, Washington ran a very conservative game plan. The only team that really, you know, tried to make plays down the field was the Rams. And let's be quite frank, they have the best offensive play caller in the NFL, and they have maybe as much talent, if not more, than any team in the NFL. Um, so it didn't really matter that they were being aggressive because the Cardinals just can't match up from a talent standpoint with them right now. So when you look at it for the first time this season, you had a situation where you had a play caller in Kyle Shanahan who was trying his, his best to continue to use his style play and game plan, um, and just quite frankly, the 49ers lacked the talent to do that. And and the Cardinals took advantage of that. And that's that's what that's what good teams do. And I'm not saying that this Cardinals team is good, but it was good to see that for one game their defense was on that track because like you said, the the offense, I mean, that's where the doubt started to come in, is that that offense was completely stagnated after that first drive. Well, the, I shouldn't even say drive the first play. Right. And, and that's where we come to the, the bad part is outside of that first play, things just fell apart offensively. Now, David Johnson got his touches. He got 18 carries in the running in the running game. He got two passes. He had his 20 touches. Uh, but Josh Rosen, now, I will say this is a good for Josh Rosen. Rosen did not have a good game, but he did not make mistakes, which is the most encouraging thing about his play thus far. He had drops to deal with in his first start. He did not make great throws in this start. However, he's not making mistakes. He's not making bad decision throws. He's making the right throws and not putting in the right spot. So he didn't turn the ball over. So that's two consecutive games where he has two starts. He hasn't turned the ball over, which is... Hey, which means he's while he didn't make plays himself outside of that first throw, he didn't put their team in jeopardy. So that's a good. But on the other side is just that offense just continues to be so bad. And it's just absolutely puzzling because you have a guy in David Johnson. You can base your your you can base your offense in him, and they're using him so uninspiringly yeah uninspiringly and the fact of the matter is this is something that we've seen from mike mccoy offenses in the past and what i mean by that is if you look at what mike mccoy has done in previous stops his greatest successes came where he had kind of a traditional running back, um, you know, a, a Willis McGahee, if you will. Um, and, and then he had a guy who was his quote-unquote, you know, third down back. Uh, and so I, it's, it's not it, – it shouldn't have been shocking that this is the usage 
of David Johnson, not because it's appropriate or anything like that, but this is, this is kind of Mike McCoy's MO as a, as an OC, you know, you go through, you go through the names and the numbers, you know, and, and you look at it and, you know, they were, you just go through his career. He's had two teams where they were top 10 in points, you know, in points scored. Uh, That was 2012 with, Peyton Manning, I believe that was the year he reset the NFL touchdown records. And then 2016 with San Diego, he was the head coach. Um, So those were the only two seasons he was in the top 10. And he's only got three seasons overall from a scoring offensive perspective where they're even in the top half. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Off of the league. So again, this isn't a guy that's been an offensive savant. Um, When you look at his rushing numbers from a yards perspective, outside of the Tim Tebow led Denver Broncos offense, he has no top 10 finishes in rushing yards in outside of that one season when they were number one. And, you know, let's be completely honest. A lot of that was Tim Tebow running around and making plays in, in the fourth quarter, running the ball and using his legs. Um, but again, his, his, his running back in that season was Willis McGahee. So that's a, you know, that's a much more traditional type running back. Um, the, the, the depressing one, the, the, the really, really depressing one, his yards per average rush. He has one, in his entire career as an offensive coordinator head coach, he has one season where he finished in the top half of yards per attempt in rushing. And that was that same 2011 season. He finished sixth. And I I will say this finishing first in attempts yards and then six in yards per attempt. That's actually pretty impressive. So that's a really impressive season, but no other season in his career are they even in the top 16 in yards per attempt for rushing? So this is the, and then you look at his last four seasons. Um, sorry. So his last four full seasons, not including this year, he was, um, he was 18th. So or sorry, last four seasons. So in two, 2017, he was 18th in 2016, uh, he was 26 and then 25th, 15 and 2014, he was 32nd and 31st. So from the perspective of running the football, they're basically right around what he's been for his career. I mean, the yards are he obviously the worst. He's it's the worst. He's he for the first time in his career, he's 32nd. But he, he it's it's not like his teams are are great at running the football where McCoy has had lots of success in terms of yardage is he's got, he's got um, seven seasons in the top 
16 and six of those seasons top 10 in yards passing. Um, He's got five seasons in yards per attempt passing. So his, his passing offense has always been far superior to his rushing offense. So when you look at that, it's not a surprise that the guy that never has run the ball isn't able to run the ball, even though he's got David Johnson. It's just not what he's done. So when you look at it from that perspective, it, it it's like, okay, well, you – and this is something you and I started to have a conversation about before we started this podcast. You hired a guy that has never had a good rushing attack outside of one season to be a guy that ran the ball a bunch. Like that's, that is what Mike, or sorry, that is what Steve Wilkes said from the opening press conference that he wanted to do. So while you can 100% blame Mike McCoy, we shouldn't be surprised that this is the offense of Mike McCoy because he is a guy that likes to throw the football. And typically when he has an elite to hall of fame level quarterback, they do it really well, um, and that's not a fair expectation of Josh Rosen in his <laughs> second start as a rookie. And if you look at the the usage of David Johnson, something that I'm, even Steve Wilkes is saying, we saw a little bit now. The, I, I think from what I saw offensively, the passing concepts were fine. They weren't executed. There were throws to be made. Rosen missed them. Now – the problem is schematically is we're only seeing David Johnson used in a very basic form. Wilk said specifically he'd like to see David Johnson used more creatively, flexed out wide, used with Chase Edmonds on the field at the same time. There were exactly zero plays where he and Chase Edmonds were on the field at the same time on Sunday. And I personally don't recall a single time Johnson was lined out wide or in the slot, or anything like that, which makes, you know, we, again, we know, it, it, and while, yeah, that's what Mike McCoy does, but Steve Wilkes is saying, hey, do this, this is what I want to see, we're still not seeing it, and we know, I mean, this is what David Johnson does well. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and that's the, that's the frustrating part, is that any any person that follows the NFL at all knows what the strengths of David Johnson are as a player. And in the same breath, if you follow the NFL at all, you know, one of the reasons that Mike McCoy has been fired two times in the last 21 months is because he isn't adept at, utilizing a player like Melvin Gordon to his fullest extent. And so when you look at those things, I, again, like if you want to fire Mike McCoy, I'm 100% with it because I don't think his offense is, is capable of taking advantage of the modern NFL. But that's again, that that's not surprising because this is a guy that, has been in the league a long time that has been coaching for a long time. He has his philosophy and he stays with it. He's like Bruce Arians, except he's just never been as good as Bruce Arians. <laughs> and so when you look at it from that perspective, it's hard for a guy that's 
the age of McCoy, and he's actually not that old. I think he's only in his 50, or late 40s, early 50s. He looks much older. But, you know, it's hard for a guy. Yeah, he's only 46. So it's hard for a guy like Mike McCoy, who has done a singular offense for his career, to then adapt and change that offense because that's not what he does. That's not what he has done. And, and so I'm to the point now where I, I 100% agree with Steve Wilkes, like, or David Johnson needs to be used more creatively. We need to, you know, get him in space to do things, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you knew who the guy was when you hired him. So why are, why are we in week, you know, five of, or yeah, five games into the NFL season going, well, I'd really like to see Mike do this more with David when we've known that's not his MO. That's not what he does. So like, I I just, that's where I'm at with this whole thing is that we can, we can lament the McCoy hire. We can get upset with his usage, but in the end, this is who he's always been, and it's more shame on us for expecting him to be different. <laughs> Other bad things to, can be concerned. Now, uh, what we're seeing, at least now, it seems that the secondary has been shored up, that plays down the field in the passing game don't seem to be an issue with the Cardinals. But there now there are two major concerns defensively. One is consistency in stopping the run and two oh those screen passes and dinks and dunks uh the running the run defense has been both good this season and both bad i don't know which it is they gave up 147 rushing yards to san francisco more than four yards to carry and and that was you know they did okay against alfred morris 18 carries for 61 yards. That's not fantastic by any means, but where they were, they were getting killed by Matt Breda and Matt Breda and Breda left and got hurt. So he had 56 yards um, rushing and then another five yard touchdown pass. So he had over, over 60 yards of scrimmage in the first quarter alone before he got hurt. And I think that game probably goes very differently if he stays in the game because he has been, I mean, you know, he's, Going into the game, he was number three in the league in rush in rushing, uh, with a, an average per attempt of almost eight of more seven point six yards per carry. He stayed with that average in seven yards a carry against the Cardinals. But oh my goodness, is their run scheme and and the fact that they struggle against screen passes tells me one of three things, and that's well one, schematically they just don't they're still not being disciplined enough within the scheme because I will go with this assumption there. I believe that every defensive coach has a scheme to stop screen plays. (laughs) I'll believe that and to believe to stop the run that schematically they have the plays to be able to do that. Now there'll be some plays that just don't work out. So one, there's some lack of discipline and two it's, you know, you've got to look at their, they're just not, there's pro there's tackling problems or in this case, there's a linebacker problem. I think we're seeing all three. Um, you've got discipline problems. They're not staying within. They're not doing as good a pr- job at setting the edge or staying in their gap. 
They definitely have a problem with tackling. And we know that, you know, Josh Bynes has been more than capable and able, but they haven't, you know, with, with only playing two linebackers and sometimes one linebacker going between Dale Buchanan and Hassan Reddick and Gerald Hodges and Dale Buchanan and Hassan Reddick, there's a problem at linebacker. And so th- those are the things that you continue to worry about is that that run defense is so inconsistent and teams continue to be able to dink and dunk with screenplays and dump off passes kill they, they kill the Cardinals that extend drives. It's one of those situations you and I were talking about before where the Cardinals came in wanting to run a defense a certain way. And, and when you go back and you look at, at Steve Wilkes, um, defensive strategy and the, and the defense he was brought up in, you know, he's had linebackers, you know, guys like Brian Erlacher and then, you know, Thomas Davis or Brian Ur- Erlacher and Lance Briggs in, in Chicago. Both guys are, you know, they, they, they were pretty okay at what they did. And then, and then you go to Carolina and he's got guys like Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. And so running two man linebacking crew has been something that they've been able to do quite a bit in Wilkes career. And then you get to the Arizona Cardinals and, and I think, I think this cannot be understated enough. Josh Bynes is playing extremely well. Um, a career year, I would say that that is, there's no question about that. Um, but if we're designing a defense based on players in in that Steve Wilkes has coached, Bynes is like linebacker what probably seven or probably. six. Yeah, and so and again, this is nothing, nothing, not a shot at Josh Bynes at all. Like you said, he's playing really, really well. But if Josh Bynes is the linebacker that's playing at the highest level for this defense. That is a problem. And the, the reason it's a problem is because that means that you're lacking athleticism, which is one of the key components to stopping screens. Um, and then you're, you're lacking, you're lacking instincts uh, from the other guys who are the athletes. And then you just, you're, you just don't have a bunch of talent. And again, this isn't anything negative about Josh Bynes. I, th- I think you and I thought Bynes was going to be a really nice fit as a Mike linebacker in this defense for 45 to 55% of the snaps. I think I think when we came into the season, that was yours, uh, your and my expectation for this defense. And so to see Bynes basically playing 100% of the snaps because he is – the only option of consistency they have at linebacker, it shows what the problems are. And so in, in Wilkes defense, the keys to the defense being effective is linebacker play. And especially in game, you know, in screen games where you're, you know, you know that a guy like obviously Robert Kim DJ didn't play this weekend, but uh, a guy like Kim DJ is going to be flying upfield. Um, if you bring in Olson Pierre, he's going to be flying upfield. Uh, a guy like Benson Mayo is something you and I talked about much of the preseason was that Mayo's strength lied in pass rushing, not necessarily run defense. And so when you have guys like that, and then obviously Chandler Jones pinning their ears back and going, the linebackers have to be 
fast. They have to be incredibly intelligent and they have to be able to tackle well. And, and while Bynes is intelligent and he tackles really well, you're not going to mistake him for being the athlete that, that Wilkes has had before. And so when Josh Bynes is diagnosing plays and then he and in 34 year old Antoine Bethea are trying to get, make plays knife their way into, into screen plays, it becomes an issue. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at us border patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And one of the things that we're seeing is that they're, they're taking advantage of a Chandler Jones who's going to try to get a sack on a third and nine. And they're going the opposite way of Buda Baker because they know he's a problem maker. And so all of a sudden the two guys that are there to make the play are, are Bethea and, and Bynes. And just from an athleticism standpoint, they're not going to be there. So all of a sudden these screens are make you know, are really just, I mean, they devastated the Cardinals in this game. And, and it's something that, that, we we knew could be a problem, but you look at Kyle Shanahan; he's a he's a master at at finding the weak spot. Um, I felt like George Kittle had like 500 yards just on on tight end screens. Um, I should say Kittle and and Kyle Uzcheck. I mean, it felt like those guys were every time they ran a screen either to the tight end or fullback, they were going for for thirty plus yards every time, and and it was. It was it was disconcerting because as you said, if Matt Breida doesn't get injured early, was it late in the first or early in the second quarter? But I mean, whenever it was, he was averaging seventy yards a carry, eight carries for fifty six yards. Like that's <laughs> that it was going to be a problem. And so the Cardinals, more than anything, I would say, got kind of lucky, wouldn't you? That unfortunate injury to a, a talented player like Matt Breida help the Cardinals because then you're going against the not quite as good Alfred Morris. And then whoever the guy was that the poor guy that fumbled on his first NFL carry. <laughs> um, so anything else that stood out in, in terms of the bad. So let's, before we move on, let's come back and talk about the kind of wrap ups of the, some more before we talk about the, the Vikings uh, coming up this week. So coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, we'll we'll discuss, you know, is the defense actually good? Is there any hope for the offense? And we'll talk about the Vikings game coming up. That's coming up on Rise Up Sea Red, Best Hour of Cardinals Talk on the web. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the Best Hour of Cardinals Talk on the web. And we'll answer these basic questions. One, 
is there hope for the offense? And two, is the defense actually good? From what Seth is saying, we really can't have any hope for the offense unless Josh Rosen gets you know, the part that's very, very, very positive. He's not making bad decisions. Now he needs to execute those. And, and, and to the extent that he was great with ball placement at home, he needs to do that on the road as well. And if they get the passing game going, maybe that's what will open up the running game to be at least competent. So I don't think that that's all we can hope is that is there hope? There's hope to be competent. Well, you know what? That's a really good point, Jess, that I hadn't even actually thought of. And I have no idea. I'm not even going to pretend I know what the weather conditions were in, in Santa Clara on, on Sunday, but, uh, Levi Stadium. I almost called it Candlestick. My goodness. <laughs> Levi Stadium has a has a reputation for having wind, not not necessarily like gusting, swirling wind like Candlestick did, but you know having a wind effect to it. So you, that is a good point. I mean, let's be honest. His first his first two pro games were in the comfy confines of State Farm Stadium, the dome not having to worry about adjusting your throwing based on the elements. This week, they play in Minnesota in whatever the stadium is called that looks like a Viking ship um, in a wonderful indoor enclosed stadium. So maybe there is a, a chance that we see the more accurate Josh Rosen again. Um, you know, and... And I think that was I think that's a great point by you that when when you look at the performance of Josh Rosen thus far, then the first thing that comes to mind is this dude's gonna throw a pick anytime now. Cause we're through two games, two starts, I guess we should say, and he's only thrown the one interception in his first career drive in a pressure situation, in a pressure situation on fourth and five. So, I mean, we're not even talking about like, like, and so the reads he's making, I think he's had, if I can remember right, two bad reads, one in each game. And, and neither of them were exactly what I would call bad reads. They were bad reads in the sense that he threw the ball away because he, Again, I don't mean panic, but he 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 processed too fast, didn't see a guy coming open, and got rid of the ball. Um, one was for a touchdown in that in that Seahawks game, and then the other one was in the San Francisco game. I can't remember what quarter it was in, but he just he just missed the missed the read is probably the wrong word, but you know he he didn't let the play finish developing. And so when you look at it from that perspective, accuracy is something that will get better. One is, yes, he's had time with the first-team offense all year, but it's still not enough. It's still not a great rapport with those guys. Um, The offensive line is not abysmal, but let's not act like it's exactly you know good 
And so from those perspectives, when you look at those things, you're, you're hopeful that just more time is going to help all of this um, kind of get itself ironed out. And the other thing has got to be, they've got to help him. I mean, they can't continue to have drop passes because what that does is it begins to make a player feel like they have to be perfect. And then that's when you start to see missed throws that we saw on, on Sunday by, by Josh Rosen. So that's going to be the key to the offense because until that happens, David Johnson really isn't going to get an opportunity to run into into light fronts. It's always going to be seven, eight-man boxes that David Johnson is facing because let's be completely honest, nobody respects the Arizona Cardinals passing game. And, and quite frankly, we can't blame them at this point. So when it comes to that, you, th- you assume that it will get better with time, which should hopefully, by the end of the season, make it better in terms of the running game as well. The other thing is this. If it doesn't get better, Jess then this is one of the historically worst offenses in the NFL. And history. And I'm not sure, no matter how bad the Cardinals have been, they've never been statistically horribly awful. So, I mean, I'm not ready to say that this is what the Cardinals offense is yet, I will say that it's it's not anywhere where it needs to be, but this is not who the Cardinals' offense is at this point. Now we look at the defense, and you see it, it's really tough to tell how good the defense is because they've done some really good things. They, they eliminate the passing game down the field well. They have had good success against the run, not consistently, but they continue to struggle overall on getting teams off the field, but then they were opportunistic, and they they forced these turnovers that were timely and, and necessary. So I don't know how good the defense is. It has the potential to be really good, but the, as things are right now, you have to look at it and go, okay, they have to continue to create turnovers for for them to be able to do what they want to do because they just they they there are enough mistakes still being made in execution to keep them from being a great defense. Yeah, and and I again one of the things you and I talked about, so this will be, you know, kind of a rehash of something Justin and I discussed before the start of the show. If you Let's just go back one year, and if you look at the 2017 uh, Carolina Panthers, if you if you just line up every position side by or every player in, in from both teams side by side, I I I think at this point Chandler Jones 
is the only one that would play over the other five players being Carolina Panthers. And that's not a shot at, at the level of play that we've seen from Robert Kambiche this season. I just don't think he's as good as Kawan Short right now. That's not a shot at how good Corey Peters has been in his role. Um, he's just not uh, star Lotulele. So, and, and obviously we talked about the fact that there's no Luke Keekley or Thomas Davis. So when you look at it from that perspective, the scheme perspective of things, this team is just not there yet. From a talent perspective, they're just not there yet. And 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 so to expect improvements, I think that's going to happen. Because again, I don't think this is from a talent wise, yes, they're not the Carolina Panthers, but I also don't think they're the 31st or 32nd ranked run defense. I don't know how you feel. I just, I feel like there is, there is enough talent that they won't be the worst run defense in the NFL. The passing defense since, since the insertion, insertion, excuse me, of, you know, Ben Wickery has really improved. It's, it's helped the pass rush out even without, Kim DJ playing this weekend, we saw a, a good pass rush. And so I think it's going to get better. Again, I think that that's my probably really optimistic and long-winded outlook on it, but it's also my hope because I just I can't imagine that we have 11 more weeks of this bad of, of NFL football. It just like, you can't convince me of that. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And which brings us to their next matchup, which is not any... Like, the, this Minnesota Vikings team, the Cardinals go, go to Minnesota, play the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. It'll be their first early slot game of the year. They're going to be on the road... Um, Back east, not all the way east, but it'll be in the central time zone. And they're playing a team that is both good and questionable because you look at how could they lose a game at home to the Buffalo Bills and then defeat the defending champs. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. And this Minnesota team has a very strong, talented defense, and they have some talent on offense. So it's going to be... It's going to be a challenge. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's pretty close. They have Adam Thielen, who is on pace for, I think, 50,000 catches this season. The stat is that the crazy stat, he has more catches this season than all the Cardinals receivers combined. Why are you trying to make this depressing? (laughs) <laughs> but it, it, it's cool. this is also a team that lost the Buffalo Bills so 
Well, and and uh, when you look at that, that's I think the biggest negative coming out of this is that if they had not lost to the Bills yet, there's a real chance that we could get that dreaded, you know, cliche trap game. But the fact that they've already lost to the Bills and they're probably not going to let themselves get played again um, makes it a little more a little more difficult to see that happening for a second time. I don't know. So when you look at it, the the thing that stands out this season is that the, the Vikings aren't the Vikings on defense right now. Um, they're not this dominant defensive team, and they've been playing in a ton of kind of high-scoring shootout affairs. And so if we're being completely honest, that is – not what Cardinals football is at this juncture. This is, it's the anti Bruce Arians um, approach to things. And so right now you have to look at it as though that the Cardinals have to start fast like they did last week. Um, But maybe the biggest thing that needs to happen and I was honestly just blown away by this, but the Cardinals offensively average less than five plays per offensive drive. Ooh. So, so, so when you look at it, they basically get one play, so yeah, one, first one first down per, down per drive per drive. That's basically it. And so, and, and that means they they get one first down like on one play, and then they go three, and then they punt. Like so, this isn't even like so. the The thing that needs to happen this week is, and and I hate I hate game planning this way, but when you look at it, they have to find a way to keep their offense on the field and keep the Vikings offense off the field because as good as the past defense has been and as bad as the Vikings run offense is, this is a game where you see, you see those numbers for the Cardinals past defense start to flip again. And, and it's not a shot at the defense. It's not a shot at the pass rush. It's not a shot at Peterson or, or, you know, been been here or any of these guys like it's it's not a shot at any of those guys it's just the reality of how good the vikings passing attack is and and so they have to they have to keep that offense off the field as much as possible and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to create some turnovers now you you look at some of the statistics uh the vikings are not a great running team they average only 3.4 yards per carry. Um, Dalvin Cook has been, you know, he's been banged up, but he's been far from impressive thus far. They still don't have a rushing touchdown this year. Um, let's hopefully that they continue that that trend. But it, it, the part that you that you look at is well, what the Minnesota Vikings, with the Vikings are are really doing well. It happens to be the part defensively where the Cardinals seem to be the strongest, and that's where they're making plays with 
you know, with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, the Cardinals secondary is going to do well. You got Kyle Rudolph on a second, you know, got 23 catches for 229 yards. He's the guy that you're going to have to worry about, I think, offensively the most, you think. Um, because if you look at what the Cardinals do in the secondary, they can they can mitigate some of the damage that that they're going to have with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And one thing we knew about Kirk Cousins, at least against the Cardinals, he will turn the ball over. Yeah, and, and they don't have a great offensive line. So, you know, the Cardinals have a really nice pass rush right now, um, even without Marcus Golden playing. And so when you look at this game, the strengths of the Cardinals' defense do match up well with the strengths of the of the Vikings offense. It's just that thing where you can't have the Cardinals playing only seven minutes of offense this week. They have to like things have to go well offensively. So either the running game opens up or the passing or Josh Rosen has a great game. If one of those two things happens, I think this is a this is an exciting game because it can, you know, it can be a close game. Yeah, like they can be competitive. They, they can keep this semi like the the Seahawks game, but like you said, as soon as it starts to go the other direction, it is it it, it could be trouble fast. Oh, <laughs> and maybe it'll be Mike Lennon time. Uh, please no, so, <laughs> no. So yes, I mean, offensively we have to see more. Uh, at least we're seeing, at, at least at minimum, the positive part is we're seeing David Johnson's usage up, which will lead to plays. Uh, I, I, I thinking what we're seeing from Johnson at least this year is what we saw in 2016 from Todd Gurley. Um, whether there's an offensive scheme change next year, coaching staff change of whatever happens to, to change that. But at least they're getting the, they're giving the ball to Johnson and giving him the opportunity to make plays. If Rosen can continue on his path of good decisions and putting the ball in and improve on his actual throws, because he, 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 he missed through, he had some missed throws, several missed throws, throws against the 49ers that if he corrects those and, the receivers, if they, you're not going to have a drop-free game. So if you can, if you can get that down to one or two minor drops total in a game, you want to see. Let's get the Cardinals scoring in that tw- putting up 28 points and not having to rely on the defense to score six or seven of those. Because if the Cardinals can can do that, they'll be in this game. Because I I don't know and think if they're doing that, I don't think if the if the C if the Seahawks if the Vikings <laughs> are going to be able to put up the same amount of points that they have been because they've been scoring a lot on points. But if the Cardinals are going to score points too, I think the Cardinals defense against against those receivers are going to be good enough to where they're going to keep them from scoring quickly. Uh, Minnesota doesn't dominate the p- time of possession. They they still as of right now, I think they're they average what between 29 and 30 minutes of 
the time possession. So they still possess the ball less than their opponents, just not nearly to the extent that the Cardinals do. Yeah, and that's and that's the bad news is that the Cardinals strengths defensively match up with with the Viking strengths. Uh, their weakness matches up with the Vikings' weakness, as you pointed out with the, the run game. The the issue becomes the Cardinals' offense is always an X factor, but kind of in a negative – well, not kind of, but in a negative. <laughs> it has been the negative factor. thing. You're right, in a negative way, because the Cardinals cannot afford to be on the field a ton. I mean, they can't afford that against anybody, but they're not playing C.J. Beathard this week. Nope. So, Kirk Cousins is a legitimate quarterback, and he's showing that he is worth the money that they paid for. Because if you <laughs> look at look at what happened to the Minnesota quarterbacks this year, yeah, they are now come. not. They've been <laughs> terrible. Case Keenum, bad. Sam Bradford, like non-existent. I think they buried him in the ground <laughs> somewhere. Exactly. But, and so- and, and and so when it all comes down to it, you have this idea that this is a this is a team that the Cardinals they don't have to play perfect. I don't want to say that because that 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 that's nearly impossible. Even if even if you're a really good team to play perfect, but what they have to do is they have to play smart. They have to play a game that where they control the clock, where they control the 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 amount of time that the Vikings are able to be on the football field. And if that doesn't happen, they're in for a long day. But if this, if this offense can find a way to stay on the football field, we're not, Jess and I aren't saying like, go out and be explosive. You know, we're not saying go out and do, you know, put up 35 points. We're, we're saying, can you can you get into the twenties without short fields and and you know touchdowns from the defense? And if that doesn't happen, then this offense isn't isn't built to catch up and play from behind. So, but I mean, on the flip side, outside of outside of the Sam Bradford days, they haven't exactly been playing from behind yet. So maybe maybe playing from behind will be the the kind of jump start this team needs to understand what they need in order to be a more dynamic and competitive offense i and i i don't expect it to result in you know a a 400 yard four touchdown josh rosen outing but even if it even i mean 250 yards of passing would that be like too well, much to ask? Here, here's the thing we still haven't had a 200-yard game from a quarterback in five games, so right, and that's and that's kind of <laughs> and that's my point. Like, it's 250 yards and two touchdowns. Really, too much to ask. I mean, that's not that's not anything groundbreaking. I mean, that's actually, I, I mean, it would be a good performance, but it's not like it's it's not like it's even on par with most of the average performances right now in the NFL. But but it would create an ability for the Cardinals to play um, play from ahead, something that they haven't done because they've been ahead, but they haven't really been ahead. You get what I'm saying? Like they haven't exactly been far ahead in games um, where they're able to really pin their ears back and go. And so th- maybe that'll be something that 
that opens that up this week. And so what what's your prediction? I'm going to I'm going to call it this is going to be a 27-23 Vikings win. The Cardinals are going to come out they're going to look better, they're still going to end up losing, but 27-23 Vikings. Yeah, and I would have it probably 27-21. I think I think if the Cardinals can put together three touchdowns and be within a score of of you know tying or winning the game and there are no moral victories. I just think that it would show that offensively they're on the right trajectory and that that there is some type of hope. Absolutely. And with that, we'll wrap up this edition of the Rise Up Seaward podcast, the best hour Cardinals talk on the web. We'll we will talk again next week, hopefully with another win. Um we don't predict it, but it could happen. So with that, that's Seth Cox. I'm just root. Go Cardinals. Thanks for listening. We'll we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.